When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's our Friday podcast. I'm Dan Lobby. This is our Picks Pod, and then, of course, also a preview of the Philadelphia Eagles in the second half of the pod. Before we get to it, Football Insider time. You're going to hear from one of our Football Insider subscribers making picks with us here on the pod. And if you want to get involved in stuff like that, stuff like our post-game Zoom show, exclusive access to stories on cleveland.com slash Browns, an exclusive newsletter every day written by a member of our Browns team, you need to check out Football Insider. Head to cleveland.com slash Browns. Click on that blue banner right on the top of the page. Get information, get signed up. And now here's our Friday podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to our Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I am Dan Lobby. This is our Picks podcast. I want to let everybody know coming up uh, in the second half, we're going to be joined by Mike K, uh, Eagles beat writer from our sister site, nj.com. He's going to join us to talk Eagles, but before we do that, we're going to do picks. So I'll go around and introduce our panel and also go over the rules because I always forget to do that. We have a change, a changing of the guard, Ellis Williams. Nine and three in the last three weeks has roared into first place, 21, 18 and one overall. I do have to point out that I have ha- actually had your record wrong the last few weeks. I realized the math didn't add up. So uh, we did a recount. I know that's a sensitive topic right now, <laughs> but we did a recount. You are 21, 18 and one after your nine and three in the last three weeks, Ellis. I'm all for it. I'm looking for, I'd like to get that last one, that push up to a two here soon. Um, but for listeners, if we have any new ones, um, last week I moved to four and oh, all time head to head against Doug. Uh, he, he went, he had left a pick open and then just picked one of the three games I had to just go against me on the other side. Fortunately, Doug was on the wrong side of it, but I will say this, I would trade all four of those wins for the Minnesota Timberwolves to go back in time and draft LaMelo ball last night, number one overall Never lost. The Wolves lost last night. It was disappointing, but I guess I am 4-0 against Doug, so it, that's a consolation prize. I'll take it. I would take all four losses if I could have stuck the Timberwolves with a ball for the next <laughs> decade. Wow. So, But also, uh, Ellis, you hurt my feelings, and I'm quitting the podcast. Oh, on. Uh, I'll mention here that we're not for that Hail Mary. Uh, I would have had another offer. I am one and seven in the last two weeks. I have fallen from fallen from my perch that I like to taunt you all from. I am now just 20 and 20 on the season. Uh, you've heard Doug Maurice's voice. Uh, he talked us all out of taking the Texans last week. Thank you for that, Doug, and also Nick Chubb. Uh, <laughs> Doug is two and two last week and 19 and 21 overall. There have been, and I'm, I'm double checking this right now, man, some bad beats for the Browns anyone who's been on the Browns this year. So that was like a, it was a miracle. Then it was a bad beat, but yes, I apologize for that. <laughs> Mary Kay has her uh, Mary Kay Cabot, her ongoing feud with Russell Wilson, who let her down again last week, now 12 and 21 and three last week. So Mary Kay needs to recapture some of that fire from the hot start. You came in here and we're tearing it up and had the lead. 
uh, fallen off a little here. Oh yeah, a lot. But I'm pretty sure that I need a recount too. And I think <laughs> that if you went back and did the recount over the last three weeks, it, my record is way better than it seems. Mary Kay is going back to like week three and tweeting, stop the count. <laughs> All right. Our, uh, our guest picker today, our football insider subscriber, he's got a lot of cleaning up to do because my guy Tyson came in last week and had a tough week, went 0-4. Our football insider subscribers, 15 and 25, we welcome on Gary Maroka. Gary, welcome. Hey, guys. Yeah, we got to turn that around. It's going to happen this week. All right. Uh, Ellis, you have the lead. You get to go first. All right. Well, we were discussing this game before we started recording, and a few of you thought I was going to land on the Arizona Cardinals. I think it's plus three right now at Seattle, the Thursday night football game. We're about two hours away from kickoff. I'm actually on the other side of it. I'm taking Russell Wilson minus three against Arizona. Um, Arizona coming off an all-time win last week, uh, the DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, um, uh, Hail Mary, of course. Uh, teams that you know tend to have emotional highs like that, you talk about it all week, uh, can come out a little flat. And Tyler Lockett's healthy in this game. He had 15 catches, like 200 yards last time they played. And Doug likes to point out how, you know, the NFL, it's a pendulum. Things come back and they correct themselves. So the one week Mary Kay is not on Russell Wilson, I'm taking the Seahawks minus three. They're going to beat the Cardinals tonight and cover. This is a great segue because remember off the top, I said, I always forget to read the rules. I forgot to read the rules again and how we do this. Now, most people have probably listened and figured this out. Uh, we pick any three games, all of us against the spread, and then we all pick the Browns game. So four games total. And usually one of our unwritten rules is you don't pick the Thursday night game. So Ellis is out here just breaking the rules uh, already. Uh, when, so you, I don't when, pick any when you're in first place, you can, you know, you can change it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you make your own rules. All right. Um, all right. I'll go second here. I'm going to go with uh, the Vikings. I like minus seven over the Cowboys. The Cowboys are talking big about how this is not going to be a reenactment of what the Browns did to them. Similar running scheme, uh, same thing. But I think Dalvin Cook is in for another big day. I mean, this guy's actually strangely starting to get a little MVP buzz as the Vikings are, are climbing up the board here. So I like the Vikings minus seven uh, over the Cowboys. They're, uh, they're hot and they're fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah, Dan, I also have that game, so okay. two already down. Um, it, it was I have five games on my sheet, but it was the last one I put down. But then I just thought about see, it. breaking the rules. Yeah, see, exactly. <laughs> I was kind of pick and choose the ones I like here the most. Um, you said it. The you know Browns fans remember the, the this team cannot stop the run, um, and, unless a team like the Eagles play them and all of a sudden the Eagles just want to try and throw over a team that can't stop the run. The Vikings are not going to do that. They're going to run, run, run with Dalvin Cook. And I think it, to keep the Eagles in this conversation, um, coming off a bye as the Cowboys are, I think they're going to look much more like the Eagles where it's like, okay, that bye week was a waste of time. We still are the same team we were before the bye. So yeah, Vikings minus seven. I think they run all over the Cowboys. Okay, Doug, what's your first game? I am going to ride with my, my new fella that I am all in on. And it's Jake Luton for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He helped oh. the Jags cover a big number against Green Bay last week. The Jaguars are 10 and a half point underdogs against Pittsburgh this week. I always find it very motivating when you have sort of a stopgap quarterback 
who is trying to make his team win so they have less of a chance to draft his replacement. So Jake Luton is filling in for Gardner Minshew, and he's trying to win a couple games here so that the Jaguars can't draft Justin Fields. So I don't think the Jaguars will beat Pittsburgh, but I will take the 10 and a half with the Jags and be very confident in my man Luton making this happen for me. Well, I've got good news for you, Doug. This is my second game, uh, I, but I'm going the other way. And I'm going yeah. to give you, I'm going to give you, when I looked at this this morning, it was 10 points. So I'm going to even give you that little extra half point uh, to try and cover that. So uh, you're taking the Jaguars plus 10 over the Steelers. I'm going the Steelers. I'm going the other way. I think I'm saying, sorry, Jake Luton, the Steelers pass rush is coming. I know that Mike Tomlin's teams play down to their competition. Sometimes they got burnt by the Steelers a few weeks ago against the Cowboys, but I'm going back to the well. I'm going to count on the Steelers to get me a win minus 10 over Jacksonville. This is a sneaky push game. I thought about it. I'm going to be so ticked <laughs> if it lands exactly at 10. That's where I would have landed on it. All right. Well, Mary Kate. 10 and a half, right, Doug? I think they it changed a half a point, right? Yeah. It's 10 and a half. Thank you, Gary. Just, again, reemphasizing the fact, give the man his half point. I'm taking that half yeah. point. 10 and a half. Does that change your pick then? Uh, no, no, I'm still going the Steelers minus 10 and a half. That's, that's fine. Uh, we'll, we'll go with that number. Uh, Mary Kay, what's your first game? Uh, my first game Bengals. I have the Bengals. They're a one point underdog to the Washington football team. I'm taking the, I want the Bengals plus the points. I think the Bengals can, can win this game. I don't know. I'm just a big Joe Burrow fan. So I think that I'm swayed by that. And uh, I think they're, I think they've got this one. I agree. I, I think Joe just had a tough one against an experienced Steelers team last week. That, that just, they sort of didn't look like the Bengals that we're used to um, to lose 36, 10 to Pittsburgh. And I'll, I'll go back with the thing that Ellis mentioned earlier, the pendulum swing. I think, I think Cincinnati finds a little more offense this week. And, you know, I know Washington has some good defensive dudes, but I, I like this one a lot. I'm, I'm totally with you, Mary Kay. I think it's, I'll take that little bit at that point with the Bengals, but I, I think the Bengals, I think the Bengals are the better team and they certainly have the better quarterback. So I believe in Cincinnati a lot on this one. Okay. So you're both, that, that's one of your games then too, Doug. I, yes, it is. I'm All also right. taking that. Now, did you guys have it at a point or a point and a half? Uh, I, I have, uh, one point. Yeah, I, would okay. have, I saw it at one. Okay, we'll go, uh, we'll go with a point then. All right, so we are to Gary now, your first game. I'm going with uh, the Dolphins over the Broncos, minus three and a half. I think uh, the Broncos, I, Locke may not play. He's banged up, right? I think that Miami defense is going to get at least two turnovers and uh, win by at least a touchdown, even though they're, they're going away from home. Um, they're riding that crest. Brian Flores has them playing great, and I see that continuing. You and I are on the same page there. I'm all out of games. This is my third game. <laughs> Dolphins, uh, Dolphins minus three and a half for a lot of the same reasons you just noted. Drew Locke, even if Drew Locke was playing, I think I'd still like the Dolphins in this game. But yeah. uh, if he's not playing, I like that Dolphins defense. To a, I'm, I'm a to a believer at this point, or at least I'm getting there uh, at the NFL level. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've got this game as well. So that brings us back to Mary Kay. We still need a second game from you. All righty. I've got the Titans here and the Ravens, okay? Uh, the Ravens are uh, they're favored by five. But 
I don't see that happening. I, I'm going to take the Titans and the, and the points here. I, I think the Ravens could win, but I don't think they're going to win by five. Um, they're coming off a tough, tough loss. That soggy, rain-soaked game, that was a, a disaster. People are counting them out. Um, but I think it's going to be a close game. Yeah, I, I also have this game. Um, I'm on the other side of it, though, however. I'm taking the Ravens minus five. And this is a huge game in the AFC landscape, and I think it'll be, a, a, in a way, defining Tennessee's season. Uh, if they play the Ravens close or even win, then, you know, they're getting back on track and the team we all thought they were early on. If they continue just playing the way they are, not stopping anyone, not generating a lot on offense anymore, then this Titans team's going the other direction. And I think they're more trending that way. Um, one thing I like to do is look at the last five possessions. Here's a little secret sauce for listeners. How I pick these <laughs> games sometimes it's an exact science for everyone listening. Um, I like to look at the last five possessions and the Titans last week against the Colts went missed field goal, turnover on downs, um, block punt and a punt. And then they, the game just ended. They had six plays and 18 yards on the game's final drive. So even the game's ending, they couldn't even generate any yards there. This team's just trending in the wrong direction for me. So for that, I'm taking the Ravens. Okay. So Ellis, we've got you at three. I think, I, boy, could you imagine if, if the Browns go to Nashville in a couple of weeks and that game is more important to the Titans than the Browns? <laughs> Who would have thought that? Uh, All right. So Gary, what's your second game? I'm sticking with the AFC East. I'm going Patriots uh, minus one and a half over uh, Houston. I, I think, uh, you know, they, again, also have a lot of momentum. I, I think they're going to run all over the Texans. Um, and I, I think Jacoby Myers, he's been breaking out a lot. Uh, Cam will just do enough, almost like the Browns formula, right? Rely on that running game. It's, you know, they won't have the bad weather likely like they had in New England or the Texans had in Cleveland last week. But I still think uh, New England's just going to make that push, continue to make that push and make the AFC East interesting, which we all thought it was done right at the beginning of the season. Yeah. That's an interesting pick because I, I do think I like, Gary, the idea we're thinking of the Patriots as the Browns light a little bit right here that let the Browns pave the way for Bill Belichick to figure out how to beat Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. So you're welcome, Bill Belichick. The Browns gave you the formula, run the ball with Damian Harris. And I think you might be on the right track here. All right, Doug, what's your third game? So I'm going anti Jameis. I don't know if Jameis Winston starting for the Saints might throw, I don't know, like six picks this week. I don't know. He might also throw for 600 yards. He also might throw for 600 yards and six picks. So I don't love this. I didn't, I had a hard time finding a third game. So this is just Jameis getting in the groove in place of Drew Brees in New Orleans. I'm going to take Atlanta plus four against the Saints. Okay. Quickly, on, quickly on this one, I'm all for fading Jameis. Um, little fancy football nugget here. Uh, I think Taysom Hill is an interesting start at tight end for owners uh, because, as Doug said, you could you know there's a lot of avenues to generate points. You know, Sean Payton could do some wild stuff with Taysom Hill. Now, given the opportunity, Jameis Wins could throw six picks, and all of a sudden, Taysom Hill is your starting quarterback, and you have him in your tight end slot. So, I know this isn't a fantasy pod, but it's been on my mind, and I think uh, it's another way you can kind of fade Jameis into him being the same old Jameis. Okay, Mary Kay, your third game. Uh, I don't really like this one. Uh, I kind of like the matchup. I like the game. I just don't know who to pick. So I should pick whoever I 
think is going to win and then go with the opposite pick because that would work much better for me. Summer anyway. of George. <laughs> uh, the Colts are favored by one over the Packers, but I'm going to take the Packers and the points in this game. Just, I don't know. Sometimes I just go with the quarterback that I like better. And I think that's probably what I'm doing here. So I was, I looked at this game and I really thought about it. I thought about taking the Colts because the Packers, I think we've seen them when they go against physical good defenses, they struggle. Mm -hmm. But then on the other side of that, Phillip Rivers is really old and looks really old. I don't know if I can trust him over Aaron Rodgers. So this might be a game where the Packers kind of put that narrative to bed a little bit and, uh, and beat the Colts. I, I couldn't, I just couldn't bring myself to pick this one because I, I could make a case for either side uh, in, in this game. So you're going Packers plus one over the mm -hmm. Colts. Yep. All right, Gary, what's your, uh, what's your last game? I almost went with that one, but Devonte Adams may not play. And I was, I would have taken the packs if he, you know, wasn't possibly not playing, but I'm going to go with the AFC East trifecta. Right. I'm going with the other Joey covers, Joe Flacco and nine and a half points on the, with the Jets. The uh, Chargers are two and seven. They've blown big leads. They're not, they're going to win this game, but they're not going to win it by nine and a half points. I'm, I'm very confident of that. And, you know, and Flacco and the Jets look better against the Patriots. Uh, you know, they, he threw like three touchdowns. He's got Crowder and Perryman back. Eric Perryman, another two touchdowns. We'll see. <laughs> I think actually hit, uh, Joe Flacco's correct name. If, if Joe Burrows is Joey Covers, Joe Flacco is Joseph. Covers. Joseph, yeah, because he's forty-three or wherever he is. So. Doctor yeah. Joseph Covers. <laughs> <laughs> this might be the longest we've gone since somebody made a Jets pick, and probably yeah. the first time somebody's picked in favor of the Jets here. I don't know. I can't remember if anyone. Or no, boys. You wait. And see. <laughs> Along those lines, Dan, I just want to make sure before we move on to our Browns pick that we acknowledge the fact the other gaping hole, the elephant in the room on the podcast this week, Josh Allen and the Bills are off. That's true. So no Josh Allen discussion on the picks pod. <laughs> I knew I knew we were missing something. It just didn't it just didn't feel right. We were unbalanced or or something. And, and now I'm glad I have an answer to that. And Poor Josh, I still keep thinking of that horrible, horrible look on his face when that pass was completed. I mean, that was, I felt bad for my Josh. Didn't, didn't uh, Hayden, uh, shout out Hayden, take the Jets plus like 48 a few weeks ago when they played the Chiefs? You're right. He did. Uh, he did something. Yeah. Shout out Hayden. Wrong, wrong team to take the points on that game. Yeah. All, right. All right. We're going to move on to our Browns pick. I've got this one at three and a half. Uh, the Browns favored, although I'm also seeing three now too. So yeah, why don't we go three. with three? We're going to go Browns minus three mm -hmm. in this one. And Gary, you are our football insider subscriber guest picker. So you get to lead us off. The defense has me worried guys. It does. Um, I could see this being a push. I, I can't pick against the Browns. I'm picking the Browns but the defense has me worried. I just think the, the, there's so much pressure on the offense where if they don't have almost a perfect game, you know, we could lose a banana peel game like this against the Eagles. You know, I do think we're the better team. I'd like to see Ronnie or Denzel get a pick on Carson Wentz, but uh, uh, you know, I'm not super confident in this pick, uh, but 
I, you know, I, I do believe the Browns can pull it off. I guess, again, how Stefanski has shown he can win these games that we should win. I really think uh, they'll come through again. Okay, so Gary, you kind of led me into my pick uh, because you said winning the games you should win. And, and I've said this before. I think, look, in the NFL, teams lose games they're supposed to win. It just happens. The best teams, middle-of-the-road teams, they all lose games that they're supposed to win. I don't know for sure if the Browns are going to lose this game. I'm, I have some concerns about it. I, I don't know what I'm going to actually pick when we make our picks for the paper and we just pick it straight up. But because of that, I think this is going to be a close game. So I'm going to take the Eagles plus three uh, in this one over the Browns. I'm not going to let Doug talk me out of this one either. Uh, like we did the <laughs> Texans last week. Um, I just, honestly, to me, it's not a statement on the Browns. It's not a statement on their playoff chances. It's just, there is a reality in the NFL. You are going to lose games that you're not supposed to lose. And I just feel like the Browns down the stretch here are going to stumble at some point, like every team does. And this seems like a prime spot maybe for it to happen before they go to Jacksonville next week. So there's my pick. Uh, who wants to go next? Ellis? Yeah, um, I'm on the Browns minus three here. Um, I have written down for the Eagles to win this game, they're going to have to start doing stuff that they may be capable on, of doing on paper, but just haven't done all year. Um, that's be accurate with the football. Carson Wentz is I think 31st in completion percentage at like 56 or 58, somewhere around there. Uh, they're going to have to run the ball, but Miles Sanders is averaging like 4.8 yards per carry. It's fourth best in the league yet Doug Peterson just is would rather have Carson Wentz drop back there and play hero ball and lead a turnover. So they're not disciplined in doing that. And they would need to have an identity. They would need to know who they are last week with the game on the line, uh, fourth and 10, they just ran a back shoulder fade to the rookie wide receiver. And that, that was the game to me. I just can't, I just don't understand how that's your got to have it play in that situation. It, it just shows a lack of who they are uh, when the chips are down and when they need a big play. So again, for the Eagles to win this game, they would need to be a dead clock that's right twice a day or something and all of a sudden look like Carson went to 2017. I don't anticipate that happening, so I'll take the Browns minus three. I mean, look, Miles Garrett could have three strip sacks in this game. <laughs> you know, that's that's the counterpoint to my pick. Doug, what are you picking? All right. Uh-oh. Take the stuff that I said last week and replay it at <laughs> twice the volume. <laughs> I have the Browns by three scores in this game. And I looked this up in the Eagles last six games. They stink. That's my stat. Go (laughs) ask anybody in Philadelphia right now what they think of the Eagles. The Eagles are in disarray. Nobody thinks the Eagles are good. The Browns are trending up. The weather has tricked us. The Nick Chubb and Wyatt Teller injury has tricked us. We have forgotten how good they are. We did not get to see it last week. Is it going to be windy? What's the weather forecast? I feel like we're a meteorologist on this podcast every week. It's going to rain. Rain. I don't think it's windy, though. I think the wind is supposed to be okay. So listen, I double-checked this. I actually did look this up. I think the Browns are (laughs) three and six against the spread this year with two awful beats in the last month, the, to- the Cody Parkey miss of the extra point against the Bengals and the whole Nick Chubb thing last week. So don't bet on them. I almost wanted to write a column this week. Like, are there Browns fans out there who are like, yay, they won. Oh my God, I lost money. I can't, don't do that to yourself. Just root with your heart and bet on something else. Bet on Russell Wilson. Don't bet on the Browns if you love the Browns. But if you are going to bet on them, give the three because this is a lock. My pick is like 35 to 10. 
I think the Browns finally get the chance to remind everyone that they are good. And the Eagles get to remind everyone that they are not. Hey, speaking of which, did I tell you guys that Nick Chubb cost me nine cents last week? <laughs> God. I did, a, I did a little, one of those stupid little DraftKings lineups. And my, I, I managed to win 30 cents, but I had Nick Chubb too. And if he would have scored that touchdown, I'd be nine <laughs> cents richer right now. Did Let's you bring this is a Cody Parkey revenge game too. So, you know, that's right. Gonna get like six goals. Yeah. Six goals and your- they all bounce in. <laughs> What's your pick Mary Kay? All right. You know what? I don't think that they're going to win by a million points because uh, there is an element of this Eagles game that does concern me somewhat. And that is their pass rush. They have a good pass rush. Jim Schwartz, their defensive coordinator is going to do everything that he possibly can to confuse Baker Mayfield, to pressure him. He's going to stunt. He's going to game. He's going to get Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett and Fletcher Cox and all the boys uh, just trying to give Baker Mayfield hell in this game. Baker has not been pressured since he played the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now in that game, he did not have uh, Nick Chubb. So that will help a lot. Uh, This game, he should have Jack Conklin back but he hasn't practiced all week. So that's been a little bit weird. Um, So I think that's one element of this game uh, that kind of gives me pause a little bit. The other thing is, even though Carson Wentz has been horrible, uh, I do think that he's getting a couple of guys back in Miles Sanders, Zach Ertz might be coming back. Maybe Travis Fulgham will wake back up again this week. Um, So I think the Browns are gonna win but I don't know if it's going to, going to be as easy as it might seem against a three, five, and one team. But for purposes of this pod, I am going to pick them uh, to win by the three because of the two-headed monster. I mean, when you've got Nick and you've got Kareem, you can make great things happen. And I think you can pretty much beat almost anybody. They also need to get Miles back, but he, I think he'll be back and he'll be fine. Yeah, Mary Kay is is extremely accurate there. The the one way this game flips is if the Eagles defensive line just creates chaos for Baker Mayfield on, you know, second and long, third and medium type plays. You know, first down is going to be extremely important and D lines can flip games like that. And it's the Eagles strength this year. And on the other side of that, Ellis, how would you describe the Browns offensive line? You would call them the what? The best offensive line in football. Nice tease there, Doug. I got a story on that. Um, writing it tomorrow. It should be on, online in the afternoon. It's the best old line in football. Hmm. Interesting. Might make me take the Browns. Interesting. <laughs> Ellis, I didn't skip you, did I? Nope, nope. We're my, Browns minus three. The Eagles are not going to be able to do the things that they would need to do to beat this team, and that's run the ball, have an identity, and be accurate. Not going to happen. A, I'm on an island over here. Yeah. Just, yeah. I'm just asking for Twitter to dunk on me on, on Sunday. <laughs> All right. Well, that is our uh, that is our pick spot here. And Gary, I always ask our football insider subscribers this question. I like to put you guys on the spot. Uh, I mean, what what is it about football insider? Why do you subscribe? Honestly, Dan, it's your promos at the start of every podcast. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I knew somebody wasn't hitting skip on those. We were relentless, and I finally buckled to the pressure <laughs> and signed up. Man, no, uh, honestly, I love the text. I, I like getting that news. Quickly, I, my buddy who's got a job in fantasy, I sent him like the updates on his injury return last week. But, I, you know, it, it saves me from having to go track down the information. I'm, I'm a rabid fan. 
And I just think as Browns fan, we're, we're lucky to have the coverage that you guys provide. I don't think the other teams in the league have this kind of coverage. I live in LA and I can guarantee the Rams and the Chargers don't have this kind of coverage, nor do they have the fan base that would appreciate it. So I just think you guys do a great job. You all complement each other very well in your analysis and your personalities and you do a good job. Thank you. All right. Well, we appreciate it. Here's a promo. Uh, if you want to sign up for football insider, go to cleveland.com slash Browns and hit the blue banner at the top of the page to get info and get involved in stuff like this. Uh, and also make sure you're subscribed. Uh, Cause like I always say, we give you seven pods every single week, including that little gotta watch the tape tease that was coming. That'll be coming out later today on that feed. So make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave us nice reviews. No one star reviews, two star reviews, leave us five star reviews. That's what we like to see. Uh, so coming up after the break, it's going to be Mike K. He's going to preview the Eagles for us. And now we welcome on from our sister site, NJ.com covers the Eagles, Mike K. Mike, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Hey, Mike, uh, just wondering, obviously, with the big Carson Wentz trade that happened in 2016, a lot of talk around here this week about how that all worked out. So how is Carson doing? We know he's been a little bit up and down. Give us the lowdown on Carson. Well, I think Hugh Jackson would be, you know, feeling pretty good about the way he's played this season. Uh, it's really been a steady regression from what he's, he's, how he's played in the past. He's down five completion uh, percentage points. He's leading the league with 12 interceptions and 16 turnovers. He kind of doesn't know what he is right now. He's, he's flown back and forth between being a tepid game manager and a gunslinger in the Brett Favre mold. And so when he's being a tepid game manager, he's holding the ball too long. He's getting, he's getting sacked more than anybody in the league, and he's fumbling the ball away. When he's a gunslinger, he's making really poor choices down the field and getting intercepted. So it's very hard to game plan for a quarterback like that who just doesn't seem to have the confidence or the prowess in the pocket that he did in 2017 prior to his major knee injury. So when you, you kind of look at it, you touched on it, the, the gunslinger mentality. And, you know, we see him try to extend plays and kind of wait till the last second, right? Extend a play as long as he can. It felt like he did a little better against the Giants. Now, of course, the Eagles lose that game, but it felt like he did a little better against the Giants of at least not having those types of plays where he's trying to extend it so long and it ends up costing him. Yeah, and, you know, the, the prudent message to him during that game was to – you know, take what the defense gives you. The problem is the defense didn't give him very much and right. he was stuck and he was static in the pocket. He didn't really make any of the impressive throws that he makes. He's a backyard football player. He likes making, you know, trick plays and doing things that make you go, wow. Uh, and that's when he's at his best. So the problem is, is you're basically taking away his most special feature, which is his improvisational skills and, and making him kind of just be a game manager. And that's not really what he is. And I think that's part of the issue is the mixed messaging is leading to a lot of, you know, miscommunication between his risk reward uh, function in his brain and what he's putting out on the field. Yeah, so I was going to ask you about that. Like, how do you explain what has happened to him, uh, you know, in these last couple of years? Because Obviously, he seemed like he was on this trajectory where he was, uh, you know, going to contend for multiple Super Bowls. And it's just really odd and bizarre to watch him have a season like this. Well, you know, his body has taken a beating. Uh, he had LCL and 
ACL surgeries during that 2017 season when Nick Foles led them to the Super Bowl. He then had a fracture in his back that shut him down towards the end of, of uh, the 2018 season. He had that cheap shot concussion uh, in the playoffs last year. I mean, he has really just kind of been through the ringer uh, from a health standpoint. And then when you look at what the Eagles have gone through, I think outside of the San Francisco 49ers, the Eagles have dealt with the most injuries during this COVID period. But the problem is it's been an injury issue for them every single year. He's played behind not eight different iterations of the starting offensive line in nine games. No one's going to succeed like that. And then, you know, you've got a guy like Travis Fulgham who's emerged, but he really, I mean, he can't do everything at the wide receiver position. He's played at least three games without Miles Sanders, uh, uh, Jalen Rager, um, Lane Johnson, Jason Peters, pretty much all the big names on this offense have missed at least three games. Zach Ertz isn't even back yet. And you've got a guy in Dallas Goddard who's been out of the lineup for three games as well. So, you know, it's hard to succeed in that, in that range. So offensively, uh, I mean, how much healthier are they going to get? Are there guys that are going to be back this week that, that maybe have missed time or, you know, are the Browns still going to kind of benefit maybe from, from some of that bad injury luck? Well, I, I think Zach Ertz will still be on IR come Sunday, but Isaac Sayamalu, their left guard, he's going to be back in the lineup. That'll be extremely helpful. Uh, Dallas Goddard will have a game or two games under his belt back. Miles Sanders will have a game under his belt back. They are actually really healthy right now. They have one guy on IR who actually has an injury status outside of being on the COVID list, and that's Rudy Ford, their special teams ace. So right now they're as healthy as they're probably going to be outside of maybe Zacherts returning to the lineup. So the Browns are kind of catching them when they're on the cusp of getting very, very healthy. So that brings us to the other side of the ball and what I think is going to be a, a key matchup in this game, and that is uh, that pass rush. Uh, I know you guys are, not you guys, but I know that they are tied for third uh, with 31 sacks in the NFL. So tell us a little bit about that matchup and how you think that's going to go. Well, if Jack Conklin can't get off the COVID list, they're going to have some problems on that right side of the line. Uh, Baker Mayfield is going to really need to get the ball out quick because Brandon Graham's having a career year. It's his 11th season and he's already got seven sacks. He's never eclipsed 10 sacks in a season before, but this guy is everywhere. He's playing very well. On the other side, you've got Derek Barnett, who's playing okay for, for his status, okay for his career. And then you've got a guy like Josh Sweat who can make things happen. Uh, Vinny Curry is on the COVID list right now. It's up. He did not test positive, so he's kind of up. His status is up in the air. Uh, but really what you got to worry about is that interior. And, you know, you've got – I mean, the Browns have a very good interior offensive line right now. But Fletcher Cox is a former pro bowler. Malik Jackson's a former pro bowler. And then they have Javon Hargrave who can make things happen as well. Uh, they are really going to have to get pressure on Baker Mayfield because as you know, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are really going to be able to control the clock here. And if they can't force turnovers on Baker Mayfield by either forcing interceptions with sacks or forcing him into bad decisions for interceptions, this game could get out of control and the Browns could control the clock. Uh, staying on, on the pass rush, how aggressive are the Eagles when it comes to blitzing? Or, or, I mean, do they really kind of rely on that front to create pressure and, and kind of stay back and make a guy like Baker Mayfield have to read a little bit? Well, they, they want to rush for. That's what they want to do. That's their bread and butter. Jim Schwartz wants to stop the run first, and he wants to do that by keeping his linebackers in space. So you're going, you're, you're going to see some blitzing. Alex Singleton, a former CFL standout, 
Uh, he's kind of taken the reins of that blitzing linebacker uh, for them with uh, Nathan Gary on the shelf. He's going to be a guy that I think you're going to have to really watch out for if they do send the blitz. Jalen Mills, a former cornerback who's now playing safety, he's another guy that they can send if they want to send five. But for the most part, they're only going to send four guys straight in that wide nine front. What are the prospects of them stopping or at least containing somewhat Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb? So when you look at the Eagles stats against the run on paper, they're a little misleading. They're having trouble against misdirection against quarterbacks and wide receivers on the run, but they're actually holding opposing running backs to just 3.4 yards a carry. If they can hold hunt and, um, and Chubb to maybe 4.2 yards per carry, they're going to be in a really good situation there because the guys won't be able to have really good early success on first down and second down. That's the key for them. They've struggled when they've given up, big plays on first and second down chunk yardage. If the Eagles can stop the run and kind of, I I think Hunt's going to be a little bit mitigated, but Chubb's going to be the guy that they really have to hone in on. Tackling is going to be at a premium. It's paramount that they stop him in his tracks. You can't give up 230 yards in a touchdown like the Texans did and expect to win a game, even if it's 10 to seven. And this is going to be a tight game because the Eagles offense isn't humming and they're going to have to rely on Miles Sanders to run the ball as well on the opposite side. I'm curious about Doug Peterson, because obviously this is a guy that, you know, not that long ago was you know, certainly being mentioned as one of the best coaches in the league, one of the, the up-and-coming geniuses off the Andy Reid tree. Uh, how do Eagles fans view Peterson now? Has it changed at all? Or are they still kind of bullish on him? Well, I, I think you've got one faction that thinks Carson Wentz is sick success and failures ride on Carson Wentz. And then you have another sect that thinks that Doug Peterson is the man behind the magic. And I think if you, depending on where you kind of stack up in that, in those two parties is where you feel about Doug Peterson right now. Frankly, Doug Peterson is not coached to Carson Wentz's strengths. Uh, as we've talked about earlier on the show, he's making him a game manager. And that's just not what Carson is. They're not allowing him to get out of the pocket and throw the football. They're not allowing him to kind of, throw the ball downfield. And that's been a major problem for this team there. You know, Doug Peterson is also getting away from the run. We talked about the run game and how much Miles Sanders is important to this whole offense, especially in this matchup. They're running the ball only 37% of the time. That's really bad. That's on the low end. That's like, that's like bottom three low end in the league. When you talk about run to pass ratio. And the problem is Miles Sanders is averaging six yards a carry. So you would think logically, if your quarterback's struggling, your offensive line's beaten up, you would run the football more. No, not really. That's when you get those sarcastic uh, comebacks from Doug Peterson in press conferences when you try to compliment him a little bit for not getting away from the run too early against the Giants, even though they were down by two scores. So it seems to me when I look at this game, I do look at Miles Sanders, and I think that he is a huge key. Like if the Eagles want to win this game, they get that pressure on Baker. And when they have the ball, uh, they put in the hands of Miles Sanders. As you mentioned, he's averaging six point yards per carry, which is second only in the NFL to Nick Chubb's 6.1. So, I mean, why not ride that horse or try to? Uh, So do you, do you see that as a key and do you think they'll actually do it? Yeah, I do think they'll make a conscious effort to kind of do that. We've also seen that the Browns can be susceptible to the screen game The screen game is a very big chunk of what they want to do in the running game. It just hasn't worked out. Boston Scott, the backup running back, is phenomenal on screen passes when they work. If they can get guys downfield with Lane Johnson now healthy again with, with, um, you know, Nate 
Herbig coming back in the lineup and Isaac Samalu, who is very good in space, I think they will be able to cater this running game around what they want to do and then eventually be able to sell play fakes, eventually be able to kind of move Carson out of the pocket because you have linebackers who are focusing on Miles Sanders, who, by the way, last year was maybe the best pass catching wide receiver in the league outside of Alvin Kamara. Okay. Uh, what do you think of for Sunday? What, what is your pick? So something to keep an eye on is the Eagles have become infatuated with the two point conversion. So this is going to be a weird score. Uh, I have the Browns winning 20 to 16. I just think Nick Chubb's going to control the ground and control the clock and the Eagles are going to have to play catch up and they're going to do it by trying to score a lot of two point conversions. They'll work, but I, I just don't see this team hitting the end zone more than twice. All right. He is Mike K. You can see his work at nj.com slash Eagles. The page will look familiar to you because that is, of course, our, our sister site here uh, at cleveland.com. Mike, we appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Mike.